0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM, and your source for latest news and notes on New Mexico United. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Joining me tonight, we have Jacob Terrell. Earl is not with us tonight. Uh, he may or may not pop in. I don't know. He hasn't. Uh, uh, he hasn't responded to our texts, but we'll see. He might pop in. If not, that's okay. Uh, Earl may just need a week off. But anyway. We are here. We're ready to talk about some stuff. No real housekeeping tonight. Uh, so, Jacob, I do have one burning question for you. How do you feel about Detroit City?
1: Uh, indifferent. Is that is that okay? <laughs> is that okay to
0: be a USL? Fan I, I, I guess can be you can be, be indifferent on that. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's. I don't know. I don't know what the USL is is doing. What they're thinking. As far as how many teams they're gonna have or how few teams they're gonna have or anything like that. So until it uh, all gets kind of ironed out, then then I'm just gonna say cool another another team kind of like Oakland or or um, Miami that you know has has a history already and they're coming into our league and hopefully that just makes our league a little more better and a little little more better. A little better and a little more sustainable. Aaron, how you doing tonight? Thanks so much for popping into the chat. Uh oh, really? great question. We will we will oh, get Aaron to that here. Joe's? Uh yeah.
0: We'll get to that question here in just a minute. Uh right now we're talking about Detroit City FC and the announcement this week that they will be joining USL Championship. In the 2022 season, coming over from NISA, uh, they are, of course, fairly well known within the independent uh, or within the, the lower league soccer communities. And uh, you you see their, their history, you know, season champions for 2020-21, 2021, the 2021 champion, the fall 2020 champion. They won the Legends Cup this year. I mean, they've been successful in every league they've been in so far. And so this caused kind of a, a bit of a shitstorm over on Twitter, uh, and it probably did across all the social media outlets as well, because their announcement came out, and then the the word from Nisa was kind of a I don't know if you saw the the Nisa.
1: I, I heard about it. I, I did not read it officially, but
0: I it was uh, it. it was pretty petty, if you ask me. And so, like, I get it. That's this is a big blow for Nisa. I mean, it's one of their uh, one of their premier clubs. And so losing them to the USL championship, I imagine that's going to hurt. And, and fortunately, a you know, friend of ours, Ram Patel, uh, put out a tweet later on saying that he wished them the best. And you know, while, that the, st- while the statement and the, the, the announcement could have been handled better, but he felt like it was a good move for them and he, and he wished them the best. And so I'm excited by this. You know, I, I'm excited for the potential for a trip to Detroit. Uh, I'm excited by the potential for another club that has proven roots and has moved up steps within the soccer pyramid Mm -hmm. to see what they can continue
1: to do here in the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm right there with you. It has potential to be a really good move. Hopefully they have their shit together. Unlike Oakland uh, and Miami did in their first seasons and, and hopefully they can come up and make some noise right away and I'm not sure why you'd be excited about a trip to Detroit but um uh hey to each their own they supposedly have a pretty uh, significant supporters group over
0: there and they, it's well they, they c- sell quite a f- quite a few tickets to to their matches every
1: week that they do I understand that I just the city of Detroit isn't exactly like calling my name um <laughs> so I like, like San Diego yeah I'm going to San Diego every day um, Detroit eh, a little bit different than San Diego.
0: Yeah, looking th- at their attendance numbers, you know, in 2019 they averaged you know over uh, 6,300 uh, fans in attendance. There, 5,400 in 2019-2020. Uh, I don't think they had fans in- last year, and then this year they averaged around 4,300 fans. So um, they appear to be a pretty good, tr- a pretty well uh club that draws well, and they seem to have. Seem to have their shit together. And I know Oakland started out rough, but um things look pretty good uh for
1: Detroit City coming in. Yeah. Okay, let's get to these two questions real Yeah, there's some great questions there. here from Aaron. So. Um first the original USL table uh comeback. I'm assuming that means just east-west and that's it. Uh, I, I'm assuming that's what you mean by that, Aaron. If you mean something else, uh go ahead and clarify in the comments. But I don't I don't know what i I obviously don't know what they're going to do because it's the USL and nobody knows what the USL is going to do at any given moment until the USL does it. I don't know if I want it to come back. Like I kind of like the ability to play Eastern conference teams. And I feel like if we went back, yeah, I feel like if we went back to just the East and West, we would lose that ability because we would have to play everybody in the West, presumably two times which would put us at that 30-game mark already. So maybe we'd play like two people, one person in the East, and that just doesn't sound right. So, Seth, how about this? How about we let the USL teams do like college football does and schedule their own opponents? (laughs) And then we have a committee that looks at resumes and actually picks the top four teams uh, based on, on those resumes. Based on the eye test? Yeah, the eye <laughs> test and like. Okay, well, yeah, they're undefeated, but they played Hartford and uh, Real Monarchs twice, and, and <laughs> or we we have we have everybody play everybody in the West, and then for our other seventeen games or whatever it is, uh, then it's free for all.
0: That's what I think we should do. Interesting. I, I, you know, to from my point of view, I think. I think we do go back to the e- just playing straight east-west uh, next season, it, yeah. and especially over the next two years when you've got all these MLS clubs leaving, and yes, we are going to have some some more clubs coming in. You know, we've already talked about the city. You've got Queensborough that's pushed back their their start date to twenty twenty three now, and some others that are coming in over the next two seasons. I think what that does is you still have unbalanced, potentially unbalanced conferences. And so, if you're looking to play that 34 match schedule, then you're gonna have, you know, let's say you have you know, 15 teams in, in each league in each conference right now. That gives you three, uh, four opportunities, I should say. Uh, two, well, actually, no, six opportunities, because you play 14. Yeah, six opportunities to play either to play cross, uh, to play inter, con- inter- conference matches. And I think that's fantastic. Like, I think you you can still do the two conferences and get that out of conference play. So, there's ways to do it. And maybe you have kind of like a a rotating schedule every year to where you, if you did have, you know, the full complement of clubs to, you know, you have, you know, 17 in each, in each conference that maybe you say, maybe you play uh, 14 teams twice. And then three, and then two other teams once each. I know it's a little bit strange, but it, that's how they do it. I think they do something similar in like the NBA, right?
1: Well, the NBA is broken into conferences or yeah. divisions. They do have the so divisions, you, yeah. So you play your division like seven times, six times, something like that. You play your division more, and then you play Western Conference more, and then you play, or your conference more, and then you play you're at the other conference, I think just once or twice. So it it just depends. But I, I think, I think the sec does that too, or at least you know, sec, ACC, because of the, the teams that
0: they have, they only play so many Western conference, Western uh, division teams. They've got two divisions. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they only, they, they do so many like, you know, within the, in the division
1: and then they play the, the other, the other conference. It's going to depend on how many games they want the teams to play. If they want it, because, because we played, we played it. We didn't play thirty four in year one. Yeah, I think it was just thirty two. No, it's thirty four. Okay, maybe they want thirty four then. I, I, I thought there were three different numbers we've had all three years, but um, well, yeah, technically it is three different numbers all three years, but well, what would we play this year? We only play thirty two. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, that's where I was getting confused. Um. I don't know. It depends on what they want to, how many they want to play. And, and then with the team or with a, a, a league like ours, you got to factor in budgets and, and travel budgets and stuff like that. So it just depends on, on how they want to do things and COVID like it or not, is still going to be a factor um, for, for the foreseeable, for the foreseeable future, at least. So it, it, it's tough. And then as for your second question there, Aaron, any USL team right now that deserves an MLS promotion um, is the MLS a promotion? I mean, you, you saw you see FC Cincinnati, and yes, their attendance ballooned uh, because they were a quote unquote bigger deal. But they're if they don't figure their crap out, they might not exist because they are not very good in MLS, and if they don't turn that around and start performing at least like decently, then, then I think they might be in trouble. So I, I don't, I think if with the way you worded your question, if there's a team that deserves to be in the MLS, probably Phoenix. Um, I mean, they have a decent fan base that probably could balloon uh, with a with a, I'm not going to say promotion because that doesn't work in this to me. Um, with a switch to MLS, I think their their attendance could just absolutely go through the roof. Um, and they they seem to be really well real, really well run, at least as far as getting players in there, and you know being at least in the regular season. Uh, thank you, Oakland. Um, or not Oakland? Sorry, RGV. Uh, thank you, RGV. Um, at least in the regular season, they they are always up there. At least since we've been in the league, so probably Phoenix. I don't know about New Mexico. I just don't. Uh, I don't think not we're yet. ready. Yeah, I don't think we're quite quite ready for that. Even if we wanted it, and I don't personally want it. Um, and so yeah, I. Phoenix would be my answer to your actual question. I just don't know if any teams actually want it anymore. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, honestly, you, you look at how the clubs over the past couple of years and how they've performed and who the most consistent performers are, and Phoenix is the one that pops off the page. I think Phoenix could make the move to MLS. I think they could. Uh, be sustainable. I think they could perform better than FC Cincinnati at least. Um, But, you know, they're not obviously not going to go to MLS in one year and be top of the table. It's just not going to happen, you know, but if there are any clubs that could potentially go there and compete, you know, Phoenix is the one that pops off the top of my head, loose city potentially. Um, You know, if you'd asked me last year, I would I would have said Reno. Reno could have potentially gone up and and competed, but um, you know, since it's all a matter of buying your spot in the league, you know, I mean, really anybody could do it. I think, I think San Antonio has a shot to do it in the future, but the Texas market's getting awfully crowded with MLS clubs. And then you've got Sacramento, Sacramento uh, had the opportunity to go, but then uh, investors, investors fell through. So um you know there's there are a few teams that i could see going up and competing within the first couple of years but you're not going to have anyone go up and like just dominate it's going to take them a few years to to be competitive and for fc cincinnati's sake i really hope they turn it around um and it's a good thing that we don't have pro rel in the us for their sake <laughs> so great questions Aaron. thanks for those appreciate that um yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting prospect. It's an, it's an interesting idea to think about teams that could potentially go up and compete at the MLS level. You know, people talk about us potentially going MLS. I'm like, that's a ways off. You know, that, that's gonna be, you know, if if that were a possibility, I would say five, ten years down the road, probably closer to the to the 10 year mark, just so that we can become better established and you know, make sure we have consistent draw um you know in a normal capacity year and that we're competing at the highest level possible year in and year out before
1: we even consider that move so i think it's going to be a while but do you do you have to be competing at the usl level
0: well i mean you just
1: don't have to be terrible like what is what are we looking at uh as far as deserves is it are, are you more deserving of an MLS move because you have fans? Are you more deserving of an NFL or MLS move because you have a good front office? Are you more deserving because you have a good team? Like I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive with Nashville and FC Cincinnati. They made like wholesale changes when they moved to the MLS. Like, yeah, yeah. they did. So, so I think, I'm not sure exactly what Aaron is looking at here, but but from my point of view, in order to make the move, you have to have a market and you have to have a fan base. And you have to be at least somewhat decent at your job. Like, you can't just... Like, if, if Vegas w- wanted to move up, I don't know if I'd be like, yeah. I mean, they have a market. Vegas is a good market and it's a booming sports market right now with the Raiders going there. Uh, they have a W USL or double WNBA team there. Um, I, I could, I could see that sports market blowing up, but Vegas is just so poorly ran and it's such a circus act that I, I don't see that happening. Plus with their connection to LAFC this last year, um, But, like, you look at Phoenix, they've got a market, they've got a fan base, they've been properly run, but you need investors. Like we talked about with Sacramento, they had a chance, they lost investors. Um, But I I could see people looking at Phoenix and going, investors looking at Phoenix and going, yes, this is it. This is a fan base and a team that I will support financially to get into the MLS. So, yeah. Maybe Louisville City, but I'm not sure there's much more in their market that they can do. I feel like they might have reached the top of it there um,
0: yeah, that's gonna be tough there in terms of generating additional uh, you know additional growth in the fan base, and I mean yeah, there's really not much in that market. But, you know, you're right. You have to look at it, I think, from a couple of different perspectives. You know, one of which being, is a team competing at a high enough level? Because, if, especially if you're going to take the, the player base that you currently have, you know, you want to show that they are, like I said, highly competitive. You know, I think, I think this Phoenix Rising roster could go up and compete now would they make the playoffs
1: probably not they would, they would obviously sell been bring, bring, bring I, players in but i don't think our rosters matter here nashville had one guy in daniel rios that that really stayed with them mm-hmm. when they made the move and he doesn't play all that much same with fc cincinnati you had McLaughlin that went up with them, and he played very little in year one and now he's back in the usl so I, I didn't, I'm not factoring rosters into this at all, except for the fact that I look at the front office and say, were they making smart and good moves? And if the answer to that is yes, then okay. Yeah. I mean, that definitely factors into it as well.
0: You know, if you've got a good enough front office and they're willing to make that jump, willing to put in the, the commitment for it, um, you know, put in the, the investment, and then show a willingness to go out and and purchase players that can be competitive at the next level, then, yeah, by all means and and, uh, you know, you factor in you know fan fan base, the the growth, and you know you've got to have all these, I think everything factors into it at least a little bit because if you're trying if you want to just buy into MLS and you don't have a fan base, like you're going to run into stuff like you've got out with Charlotte where the, where the ownership group is trying to run the supporters group, you know, like you run into stuff like that, or you run into like, I think it was, I think it was FC Cincy that uh, that printed out at their TIFO. Like, you know, you get all these weird things that happen
1: when you don't have enough support. I'm pretty sure that was Nashville actually.
0: That might've been Yeah. I think I was Nashville. i get my teams mixed up, but yeah. Uh, um, you got some more comments over in the chat. Aaron, uh, we'll get to this one here in just a second. Uh Shania. I hope that I hope we're pronouncing that right. Uh just tuned in, not sure if we've spoken about what you take. What's our take on USL championship newest edition in Detroit? How do you feel they'll stack up against New Mexico and other teams in USL? So we did talk about it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, I'm excited for it. Uh Jacob, eh, he's, he's kind of on the fence. He's kind of a wait and see type deal. Um, but I think is you know they, they're a proven club, like we talked about earlier. Uh, they're a proven club. They've done very well at NISA and all their other stops along the way. Looking at the, because I, I imagine they'll be in the Eastern Conference, um, if the if the conferences stay the way that they are now, broken down into divisions, I, they would probably slot into my guess to be the Central Division, my guess, and you know that would be interesting. That would be really interesting to see. Um, I could see them being a playoff contender year one um, because, you know, they've got a well-constructed roster. They've got guys that come out and play and they've just torn up NISA. So um, a lot of things to to look at there and how do they stack up against United? I don't know, man. I don't know. Because it's because, you know, NISA and their broadcast packages aren't great. So it's hard to kind of, keep track of what they're doing and where they're at and and see how they play. So I think it would be interesting to see. I would love to bring them out here uh, for like a friendly or something or a preseason match to kind of get a look at them, to see how they play and see how they perform against our guys. And so
1: a lot of good questions. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in real quick with uh, how I think they'll stack up against Mexico. And I'm not meh about it. I'm just – like the blow up that has happened in the USL fans feed on Facebook and on Twitter and all this is I'm just not about that. I mean, it, it's a quality club coming to the USL, which I think is a good thing. But I'm not like wanting to rip my shirt off and celebrate um, with them coming or get mad about them coming. So then just to clear that up. But as far as how they'll stack up, we're not going to know because we don't even know what New Mexico is going to look like next year. We know we have are you confirmed. I think we just have the three players, right? Is it is it just Kalen, Moreno, and and Wehan that we like officially know for sure? Oh, guys, still under contract. I think Amando is as well. I said Mondo. I said Moreno. Yeah,
0: Amando, yeah. uh, bees, Kalen, and Kalen. Yeah,
1: like, I those, think those are the only three that they announced, like as signing as an extension. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure we, we might have some others on two year contracts or, or maybe they were on a one with a one year team option. So, but we know we have three players. That's it. Um, and as far as Detroit, I, I, I haven't seen them play. I don't know anything about their players, but my guess is they're probably going to have some players change and they're probably going to make some additions. And, and, and so we will tackle that question. I think, well, I think we'll have a better idea of that question. Um you know, come February, uh, Marchish when we're starting preseason and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, some good points there. Um, yeah, it's gonna. We'll have to just yeah, just have to wait and see. I mean, at this point, we don't know anything. It was. It didn't take long last year for the club to announce um, the first few rounds of folks coming back for for no. the next season.
1: Last year took freaking forever. Oh, that's right. Yeah, last year did. it, was, it, it was, out. It 19, was the, yeah. after the first year they were like, "Hey, here's 13 yeah. people coming back." Bam, one post. But last year they drug it out to where it was like, "Hey, tune in tomorrow, 12 o'clock. We got a surprise for you." And then they would put a graphic with some hints and say returning player. Um, Please, New Mexico, and I don't do that. <laughs> just don't <laughs> just just put all the returning players out there so we know what the heck we're doing, and then start signing new players like a- ASAP. Yeah. Yeah, lots of, lots of stuff that's up in the air this
0: offseason. You know, we've already kind of mentioned it a little bit. Right? You know, looking for a coach. We don't know what the player contract status is. Hashtag USL transparency. Thank you very much. That's um, So uh, go, to go back to this question from Aaron here, should you and I keep an eye on Kevon Freighter this offseason? You know, I'll be honest with you, Aaron. Um, no. I really don't think so. Um, especially with a new coach coming in and really Kev, Kev has not done a lot since he left the club. He's kind of, he's bounced around a little bit. He hasn't really featured anywhere. He spent like half a season in India, half a season in like the Israeli premier league. So he hasn't really done too much. Um, And I don't think he's on anyone's watch list this off season. I mean, Jacob. Unless you can think of any reason why the club would want to keep an eye on him, especially since we don't even know who the new manager is going to be yet,
1: because we need somebody that can score, Seth, (laughs) and he's been (laughs) the only player that has come in, other than Wehan. But even Wehan plays a little bit slightly different, plays a slightly different position um, than Kevon. I think. I think if we had a Kevon, had Wehan. Had Moreno. Um, hopefully, Dev can come back in some sort of capacity on the field, um, and, and had somebody that can actually finish. I don't. I don't really care what he's done in other leagues because I don't. I don't know enough about those leagues to be like, oh well. He he should have been tearing it up in those leagues. Some people are just more comfortable in certain leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that all the time. So, I, I think the USL is very well suited for him. I think he had a place here. In Mexico, that um, tolerated some of his annoying behavior, um, while also cheering for him, um, and and I just think that that uh, if there is a if there's a player that has performed well in the USL at a striker position, and still has anything left in the tank, United should at least have a have them on the radar. Um, so I'm not necessarily saying. Should they bring him back? Um, maybe. Uh, it depends on on his mindset. And, and if he would come in here and, and want to perform like he did before, then then sure, why not? Um, but they, they definitely should at least have an eye on him and say, hey, maybe we should kick the tires and see if he's interested in coming back, what it would take to come back. Because um, uh, he might not have any interest in it at all. He might enjoy playing overseas um even if he's bouncing around and, and that's fine so so they should keep an eye on him uh if things were to break right they should bring him back I'm not saying break the bank for him I'm not saying like a a, a record transaction like like for we um but we need to score more goals and he scored goals for us pretty consistently yeah, I mean, in his time here, he did have 14 goals and,
0: and 30 appearances for us. You know, looking at what he did since he left uh, Bengaluru FC over in India, four appearances, one goal. And I'm going to butcher these Israeli Premier League club names, I, I assure you. Uh, Maccabi Uh according to Wikipedia, he had 31 appearances and five goals. Uh, I mean, again, this is Wikipedia. So. Who knows? Hopefully that's sourced somewhere. Uh, And then the second Israeli Premier League club he he signed for was Hapoel Nof HaGalil. I don't know. I'm going to butcher him. Uh, According to Wikipedia, zero appearances, zero goals. So, you know, is he a guy that can come back and potentially produce? Yes. Will he want to? We don't know. Will he be a fit for what the new manager wants to do? We don't know. Because, hey, we don't have a manager yet. So, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I can see where you're coming from as far as keeping an eye on him. But, you know, from from my perspective, I don't think he's someone that we want to like tab to bring back. Um, and, and it's a shame because I, I liked him. I like Kev. You know, he had a lot of a lot of passion for it. And so uh, I, I just I just don't see him being part of the solution going forward. So, all right. Uh, so let's take a look. What's next on our list? Oh, yeah. The club has been announcing their uh, season awards as they've done every season so far. Uh, so far this week, we have seen the offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year and the uh, newcomer of the year. Um, those have all been announced. We actually well, I got an email, Jacob. Didn't for some reason, I don't know why, but as media, we were given the opportunity to vote on these, and uh, so I voted in the media vote. I did not participate in the fan vote. Jake, did you at least see the fan vote? No, no. I, I Which is surprising because I think it's either you or Earl that brought it to my attention that there was something wrong with the vote. It was Earl showing that
1: like uh, cello was leading in everything. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was Earl. I had I. I, uh, I was aware of it, but when I finally see what happens is is you guys have these conversations when I'm at work and I can't do anything about it. (laughs) And then by the time I get home, I forget. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I never did anything, but I, I will say that I have agreed with the results so far. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the first thing that been been announced this
0: week, offensive player of the year was bees. Defensive player of the year was Austin Yearwood and newcomer was Alex Tambakis. And I put my media vote out on Reddit today because um, I was waiting for the club to start announcing is it because they were initially supposed to be announced before the final home match, but they didn't for some reason. I'm not sure why, but they're anyway, they're getting announced now. And so, yeah, my, My media vote, I voted for Bees for Offensive Player of the Year. I voted for Austin as Defensive Player of the Year. Alex was my newcomer. And then I put – so the next – so there's three more coming up. One is the club MVP. I voted Bees there. And then the Humanitarian Award, I voted for uh, Daniel Bruce because of his work with uh, Good Blokes Jogging this year. And then for the Somos, uh, Somos Unidos award, I voted for Micah Zira. Now, you know, honestly, I think the last two humanitarian and Somos Unidos could have gone either way between those two for me. Uh, I feel like you with know, the Micah Zira Foundation, that he would have been a, a really good vote in terms of the humanitarian of the of the year award. And then uh, I could see people voting for Brucey for the Somos Unidos because Brucey puts in a shift every single night out. And then, you know, the work that he's been doing in and around the community has just been a lot. And I think he really uh, exemplifies what this club is about. And so that's where we're at. And I, yeah, I didn't have any problem with the three announcements as they were. I, I I think those kind of three
1: were expected. So real quick on year two, I think I would have switched Bruce and Azira. Uh, I feel like humanitarian award Azira, like you said, I mean, it's, it's picking nits uh, between the two, but with the Somos Indios Award, I feel like that is more local or should be more local, and the Good Blokes Jogging was a local thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Azir's Foundation, while being an incredible thing, um, it isn't obviously uh, focused on New Mexico uh, per se. So so I had to switch those just, just out of name, the name of the award um, and the location of what those guys are doing for the most part. I know Good Blokes Jogging is in England as well, but but still. Um, and, but as far as the three coming out, I I struggled to even think of any other candidates for any of them. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> offensive player of the year. Oh, <laughs> um, Tanari for his assists, like uh, Moreno. Moreno missed too much time. Maybe, yeah, he but too yeah, time. Rivas was great and then disappeared and then great and then disappeared and then just stayed disappeared for the whole last month of the season, basically. Uh, Dev. I don't know. I mean, it it was bees by a, I mean, how many goals did he have for us? 10, right? 10 just for us. And 10 goals just for us. And he played in half of the games roughly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and nobody else is with who? Who's next? Like Mondo with five? Uh, Mondo, Dev, and Sergio each with five. Like, really, guys? Like, yeah. Like, uh, and then and then you look defensively. Kalen, Kalen is an option, um, but but things are going to stick with me with Kaylin this year that in a in a negative way, and that is I I we saw him kick the ball to the other team. Which directly led to a goal, um, at least twice, and probably should have been a couple more times. But somebody was able to rally back and 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 prevent them from scoring. And most of the time, the person who was rallying back to prevent it was Yearwood. So Yearwood was was a runaway there for me. Tete performed well. Schmidt performed well, um, but. But uh, Yearwood was just, I mean, he, he put in the minutes, he put in the work, and he was just constantly, constantly performing for us.
0: So you wouldn't have voted JPG as
1: your Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, no. <laughs> um, club MVP? Maybe, because when we finally stopped playing him more, um, things turned around. But, uh, but, But no, not Defensive Player of the Year. Okay.
0: Yeah. The, the conversation that runs on, on the Reddit has been, you know, on these, on these three, really there was a lot more conversation on, on Beez's announcement. And um, you know, one of the comments that was made was, uh, you know, be uh, like you said, Bees came in halfway through the year, still became our top goal scorer. I wonder if that says more about him or our new or our new offensive. Uh, I wonder if that says more about him, our new offensive signings, Illich Il- Il- and Rebus, or the team in general. And so before I give you my response to this, what do you think it was? Was his performance more about B's, or did it say more about the other signings or just how the team in general played?
1: I think – I don't think it's either or. I think it's it's a bit of both today. We like to do this – I'm going to get on a little soapbox here. We like to do this with everything uh, in the in the world nowadays. It is one extreme or the other. It is all this or none of that, or all this or none of it. It's just, it, it's never, never down the middle, which is usually where the truth lies, is somewhere in the middle. Um, I think Bees is a hell of a player. I think he is MLS quality um, in the right situation i don't think um orange county was using him correctly uh and and their attacking prowess um ha- had more weapons that were actually producing i think bees coming over here and performing like he did with the same players around him as basically everybody else i mean whose spot did bees take um basically he took uh you can't really figure it out because it's like everything rotated around him so all those players that you're asking Mm -hmm. oh is his performance because these guys disappointed well he was still playing with these guys like it was he was he was in there with illich there at the end he was in there with dev before dev got hurt he had rivas Tanari, cello um Everybody but Swartz, basically, um, rotating around him there in the attack. And and before him, nothing was happening. After him, everything was happening, at least for the most part. Um, so it was disappointing without him. Those guys weren't living up to their hype or, or their name or anything like that. They should have been performing better, and they weren't. But But he was still having to use those same people around him and he still performed so so if i had to lean one way i'd say it was probably like 60 60 or 60 40 70 30 bees and his just brilliance um but yeah that uh, it's to me it's a dumb question just because it's like yeah the the team was underperforming bees came and i mean and they took off like, yeah, it, it was everything clicked better with bees in there. He played a role that was missing. Yeah. Yeah. My take on
0: it was that I, I felt like it said more about bees than it did lack of performance or anything from, from anybody else. And the reasoning for that is, you know, we talked to Troy and Troy said that, you know, bees has, has an understanding of this system. And so, you know, bringing Bees back, and we've talked about it, you know, ad, ad nauseum, and, you know, Bees knows how to play within this system. So he was able to find spaces and make things happen that we weren't seeing from the other guys. And so Bees was able to take, a, take advantage of that. You know, when we first brought him in in 2019, he right. was a known quantity. You know, people knew who he was. You know, it wasn't like some newcomer, you know, coming up out of high school or college, and, and he took the role by storm. So I feel like this is just him showing just what he can do and his footballing IQ. And so I felt like it had a lot to do with him. And I think he exceeded what anyone could have expected him to do with the time that he had here in this season. And then, you know, talking about <clears throat> Illich and Rivas, you know, I feel like Sergio had a really good season. Like stat wise, he had a career year, most goals in his career. I think he had most assists career. I'd have to double check that, but you know, Rivas had a good year, and I feel like he was at his best. And we and it came that match after we talked to Casey, you know, where B, where Sergio was coming out of that defensive mid position and able to and was able to push the ball forward and push the attack, which is something that jpg can't do it's not something that micah zero is going to do and so while sergio is listed as an attacking mid if you look at his wikipedia page and i think he's listed as attacking mid over in, like transfer market too i think just using him in that role really showed what he could was capable of and he wasn't necessarily always going to contribute
1: be the the most contributing person at the attacking end but well, he think, did plenty i i think he Still played an attacking midfielder role even when he was in times, there, yeah. even when he was in there for one Pablo Guzman. I mean yeah. it it what we did was we just took a defensive mid and replaced him with an attacking mid because our defense for the most part solid and and didn't lose a whole lot with Rivas in there in his place. And Rivas still was able to turn and attack and do what he does, um, just from a different position on the pitch basically. And and I liked it a lot better, but. Um, I just think that that uh, well, I, what I hope, uh, what I meant to say is, what I hope is that whoever we bring in, since bees is signed, can look at that and say, okay, bees in Orange County, okay, bees in New Mexico United, fantastic so take what he did best for us and keep doing that and don't try to do something different with him like maybe orange county did um and and um and just keep him doing what he does best and and hopefully those numbers can even go up um next year i, I would like to see i think in a perfect world what i would like to see though is Bees' goals, like goals per game and goals per match, drop. And, you know, say he's with us for 34 games. Uh, Maybe he doesn't get 20 uh, like he was on pace for this year with us. But maybe he gets, you know, 12, 13, uh, maybe a few more. But I would like to see his assists skyrocket. And I would like to see somebody up there, Kevon, uh, Haji Berry-like player, um, I know Haji Barry's under contract still, but, but somebody like that, that is a finisher up there and, and have bees work with him and, and get, I need to look up, I need to do some research before our, our next show. And, but I, I want to know when bees moved over here and started, not those first couple games uh, when he was coming off the bench, but once he took over that full-time role, how many goals did he have? What percentage of the team's goals did he have? Because I imagine it had to be over 50. I think you're accurate. I, I don't know for sure. and I, I That's a lot to look up since we don't have good stat websites um, for me to do it on the fly right now. But I would like to see that number go down to like 25. Have a striker that may be at like fifty, and then the other twenty five be from, uh, you know, Moreno and some others.
0: Yeah, we definitely need more production from more guys. Well, you know, what? I mean, let me strike that. We had production from a lot of guys. We just didn't have consistent production. Yeah. And because you look at our you look at our stats our stat sheet this year I think we had something like eleven different people score goals twelve different people score goals I, I'd have to double check the number on that but yeah so we had a lot of different people score goals for us but it, no no one was consistent enough until we brought bees back so. Yeah, there's, there's still definitely work to be done. And you, you talk about those the stats. We can definitely you know look those up and have those for the next show. But, yeah, I mean, B has made just such an absolute difference since he came over. And, you know, I'm glad we have him under contract for a couple more years. And, you know, it'll be, inter- it'll be interesting to see, that, like you said, I hope the new coach doesn't you know dra- try to drastically change how he's used, you know, try to, like, force him out wide again or anything like that. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot of good things that came out of this, a lot of, still a lot of negatives. And it's easy to look back and say, you know, oh, hindsight 2020, you know, uh, you know, maybe if, maybe if Illich had gotten more time, maybe if we hadn't tried to do this and all these kind of things. But, you know, I, I definitely think Illich didn't get enough time, but, you know, who knows what would have happened if he had been like that regular, like rotation guy in there and gotten more than, you know, five, 10 minutes a match.
1: We like, actually yeah we actually had 14 players score goals for us. Yeah, it's somewhere in there. Yeah. Which, which is crazy. But, but you look at like, Yearwood had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a little fluky. Raiden only had one. You might expect a couple more from him, uh, just on set pieces. Uh, Azira got one. You don't expect that from him at all. So he got one. You don't really expect that from him at all. Um, Isidro only had one. I feel like he, he, I think he had more in the preseason. I think he had like three or four in the preseason. I believe you're correct on that. Yeah, that because and that one
0: that he had was that fluky goal
1: against uh, Monarchs. Yeah, Monarchs, yeah, mm-hmm. off off the free kick. Um, but but this is this is what bothers me. So you had Brown with two, Illich with two. No, sorry, Illich with three. After all, Bruce with three. Brown should have been more, but that's a whole other story for a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um. And, and but those three attacking players just, um, unless you have somebody that is just going crazy, then those players need to score. They just need to produce more. So. And answer your but, question about Cello. Cello had three in the preseason. That's what I thought. So, so we didn't talk about so we talked a little bit about al- alternate choices for defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year. Who is the, is there anyone at all remotely close to newcomer of the year other than Tim I mean, I'm, technically, technically we hand is a newcomer
0: <laughs> technically, but no, it's yeah. Cause Alex Touche saw very few minutes, uh, you know, Brian Brown, didn't have any impact whatsoever uh, illich, brand brand. illich had had basically no impact as well um I'm trying to think who else I mean cello you know he played well didn't really produce much of anything um Rebus is really Harry Schwartz but he was out for half the season yeah I mean so, Rebus is
1: Rebus is the name that probably other than Tim Bacchus is probably like second. Mm-hmm. And he really, I mean, he had five goals. He had, um, five three, assists. No, I, no that, that's goals. I can't, I can't find assists on Sergio this. had three, three, assists. three assists. So he contributed to eight goals. I mean, that's not, not necessarily, um, what you want from a player that you thought was going to be contributing a lot to, yeah. to this club. So uh, in fact, three of those assists, two of them came in that match that we talked about. No, no, no. Maybe he just had one in that. And then he had a hockey assist. So I take that back. I could be wrong. there. But nonetheless, uh, just not, not what you yeah.
0: wanted. And so uh, to this wanted. comment here, I feel like Mar- Moreno could have been a contender. I mean, I mean, he played well enough for most of the season, but he didn't, he wasn't as productive as we would have liked. Um, if you watched how he played and, you know, he had a fan, he, don't get me wrong. He had a great year uh, professionally, you know, with the national call-ups and all that. And um, yeah, for, for play offensive play of the year. Yeah, no, we, um he just, he wasn't consistent enough. And so, between missing time for the for the national team call ups, not that that's a bad thing. You know that's great for him professionally and, and personally, but he just wasn't productive enough. And after he came back from that first international break, we talked about it about how he looked indecisive with the ball, and I think he spent I think he spent a, a fair amount of time getting himself into trouble in the final third and not being decisive or taking opportunities that were were presented to him. And he was trying to do too much, look for those perfect shots. And so, um, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with him being in the conversation, but looking at the productivity as a whole, I definitely think, you know, B's far and away, like just, you know,
1: is, is the, is the choice that was the choice here. So Moreno didn't record an assist. And had five goals, and only played. you know what I want to see? Want Nineteen to see appearances. Minutes. I want to see minutes for those two, but I don't know. Do you know if Wihan's minutes here are? They have to be everything.
0: Yeah, the stats are combined because USL Championship's website does not good enough to do that. God, I mean, we can probably go back and well, I maybe mean, we could go back and figure that out. But that's all. Over. You know, Amando had. 1365 minutes.
1: We and probably had close to that. If not I more. That. I mean he, he had 2500 minutes total. That's just about double Moreno. And I feel like he started every match for us except for like the first one and or the first couple that he played in. Sounds right. And so I feel like he had way more playing time for us than he did over there. So, I mean, there's a chance he's sitting at like 14, 15, hundred for us. So he played more minutes, but for the sake of my argument, we're going to say pretty much the same. Maybe he had a hundred more minutes or so, um, but he had 10, 10 goals for us. I don't know if his assist came with us or not, but he had four on the season. Um, I think he had two with us. I could be wrong, but. So we had two more assists and five more goals in say uh, 200 more minutes, possibly. Um, I mean, that just, it, it, that means Moreno was not nearly good enough uh, to beat out him. And I, I think Moreno has the talent to be an offensive player of the year candidate for us. Uh, I just, it just wasn't this year. Uh, I, I, I don't think he played very well when he was with us. I think he started off well. But when he came back from that first stint with El Salvador, I ever since then I did not like how he played. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's something we talked about throughout the season, you know, how he was playing and just his form after coming back and how we wished that we could have seen more from him. And I feel like before he tore the ACL, like he was kind of getting back to where he should where we thought he was gonna be. In terms of creativity and link-up play, and so, you know, seeing him lose out uh, on the rest of his season and what's potentially going to be a lot of next year too is going to be tough. And but uh, you know, looking at the at the defensive player of the year, I mean, yeah, it's Austin hands down. I mean, you could probably put Rosh up there second, but yeah, I don't see. I, I couldn't give it to Kalen this year, and you know, Justin played 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 pretty well at times, but I just feel like. Of the defensive players, Austin had the biggest impact of all of them, and I just don't think it was even anywhere close.
1: Yeah, no, it it was not, by any means. (laughs) So, So, yeah. For for reference, um, last year, uh, so 2020, Moreno had 1,236 minutes played, so less minutes played than this year. But he had one more goal he had six goals last year and four more assists uh so he just was not the same player this year for us um and, and so it, it i would love for him to return to to uh uh 2020 form even with us and then have we be on his his terror of a pace for us and then have a striker up top with them. I, I think that could be a, a fantastic attack. Um, we, But we need that one player up top and we need a little bit of depth because we're going to miss players for one reason or another throughout the season. And, and that was one thing that I, I feel really hurt us was we just lost all our depth this year.
0: Yeah. And that's unfortunate, you know, because
1: You know, Troy likes the smaller
0: roster and, you know, we get that, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's just, I mean, injuries hurt us, national team call-ups hurt us. And so we just didn't have the depth to deal with that, especially at the end of the season. And so, you know, we've talked about it before. Hopefully next season we start to see some of these academy kids start to come up and get more first-team action, uh, adding some depth there, signing some guys from the offseason. You know, there's a lot to look forward to. A lot of things that we're going to be talking about over the coming months, and uh, as next season gets underway, we'll have a lot more to say about that. But, um, you know, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about the the elephant in the room. And I know I'm I'm deeply saddened by this, Jacob. You are too. Um, El Paso is out of the playoffs, and uh, you know it's it's heartbreaking to see that happen to to such such a club that, you know, that we love and and enjoy talking about so much. Like my, my heart just breaks for
1: El Paso. So yeah, I had to mute him there um, because uh, I was about to throw up uh, if I'm being honest, but uh, no, I, (laughs) yes. uh, Thank God for Oakland, man. Uh, Oakland and RGV. Uh, I need to send you guys some flowers, um, maybe some chocolate uh something because you you made my weekend uh last weekend and and um yeah i don't even care about the playoffs anymore because as long as those two teams don't win it then i don't care whatsoever (laughs) so um so you know phoenix and uh, and el paso there you know their season lasted one week longer whoopty freaking do Mm um unbeaten at home uh i i for consistency with my argument, I will say that Phoenix had an undefeated season at home because I feel like a PK shootout isn't necessarily a loss. Uh, it would be a draw. So so for, for them, congratulations on your undefeated season at home. That resulted in uh, zero playoff wins. Um, and to El Paso, suck it. Uh, <laughs> because you guys lost at home. And and uh I think you deserved it. You guys were in terrible form going into the playoffs. Um and, and yeah, I just I, I feel like uh I feel like karma, especially uh you look at Jerry and uh and and Mike Vandersploosh um on Facebook anyways. I was Vandersploosh active on Twitter too, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were complaining um, about the refs or something. Yeah, but, whatever. Yeah. Um, karma comes back and bites you in the ass every time, guys. Uh, you talk <laughs> so much crap. Karens, the Karens. Oh my gosh, the Karens. Uh, what now? What now, guys? Uh, come come, sit on the couch and watch the rest of the USL playoffs with us because that's that's <laughs> where you guys are at.
0: So you weren't on the show last week but Earl and I were here and we and we talked about it and Jerry was in the chat and we gave our predictions for the USL playoffs and Earl for whatever reason had San Diego going all the way and winning the cup. I don't know if you knew that or not. And then, you know, Jerry of course had El Paso winning if the final was in El Paso and them losing if it was in Louisville. And uh, so yeah Jerry's brackets Jerry's bracket is busted Earl's bracket is
1: busted who did you have going all the way Oakland of course no I'm just kidding okay. um, <laughs> uh I you know I didn't actually go through the episode uh, go through the exercise um, trying to do it without the benefit of hindsight um I probably probably would have been busted too because i probably would have said colorado springs uh more so with my heart than my head because um, i would not say el paso i would not say phoenix i would not say an eastern conference team um just because i i don't know them as well and i like to root for the western conference um unless it's phoenix or el paso uh in the title and so so i i I probably would have said them or San Antonio. Uh, I feel like San Antonio is playing really good soccer right now. Um, and, and I, I maybe would be like, Hey, you know, let's throw Harry a bone. Um, I, I, Harry's a great guy. He, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. He, hell, he co-hosted with you one time. Oh, uh, and me and Earl were out. And, um, and, and I, I know what that team means to him. And I know that him getting a championship, uh, while i'm sure he would talk a little bit of shit uh would not be near the level that el paso uh or even phoenix would so so i, I wouldn't mind wouldn't mind have picking him so but i mean we've talked about my love affair with colorado springs all season mm-hmm. um I, i've liked them all season and i uh, i would have liked to see them do something and i i don't know how they lost that orange county game um you're given a gift of going up a man with thirty minutes left or thirty minutes in, sorry. Yeah. With, with, with an hour left and and you can't score and you have Haji Frickaberry on your team. Like uh that just Yeah, their okay. attack just was just stifled.
0: Yeah. I mean, they just couldn't do anything. And and I know that Orange County did kind of sit back, you know, after that after the after the red card, but you know, they still played well. Orange County played well. They didn't look like they were, you know, getting out of shape. And, and so, yeah, it was, I had Colorado in my bracket beating uh, El Paso uh, in the semis. And so, you know, I was more than pleased to see El Paso lose to Oakland. And Jerry thought I was insane for picking Colorado over, over El Paso.
1: I, I probably would have picked Phoenix, El Paso, San Antonio and orange and Colorado Springs. Yeah. As my bracket. And then I, out of spite would have had San Antonio over Phoenix and Colorado Springs over El Paso and probably would have had San Antonio beating Colorado Springs uh, because I like their form a lot more. So um, that that's probably what I would have done uh, without trying to not look at the benefit of hindsight. I mean, I feel like I say that would have been my four, and three of those four aren't there, so <laughs> so I, I feel like that's it's pretty obvious that I'm not using hindsight in, yeah. in my favor there.
0: Yeah. So looking at the clubs that are left, Oakland and Orange County, who do you think is going to win that matchup there?
1: I have no clue, dude. Okay. Like I, I think conventional wisdom says Orange County, uh, just because I think. I think everybody, uh, including myself, wants to say, "Oakland, that was a great win." Uh, you pulled it off somehow; it was kind of a miracle. But eventually, you know, the clock twice, the clock strikes twelve on Cinderella uh, every time. But Orange County did not impress me whatsoever, um, even though they won. They, I mean, that I was more disappointed with colorado springs than i was impressed with orange county um but it, i don't know i i'd have to look i don't even know how they performed against each other this year uh or anything so you, you know what i if we're making project or per what's the word i'm looking for predictions predictions that's the word i'm looking for thank you um if we're making predictions from here on out i'm, I'm gonna say oakland why not all right. There you go. I may as well.
0: Um, so just so you know, Orange County did beat Oakland four times this year.
1: <laughs> so, so what you're saying is Oakland is due. That's yeah. Right. Oakland is, that's exactly that's what I'm what saying. I was saying. Yeah. You know, I
0: mean. um, yeah, I think that's gonna be a fun one. Like of, the, of the matchups this round, I think that's, that was going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, I didn't have either of these teams advancing past the first round. Um, so, yeah, it's that's uh, going to be fun. I can't wait to see that one. I think Orange County is going to walk away with this one. I actually took Orange County and the Pick'em, or the Survivor pool that uh, USL Pony is doing over on Twitter. Uh, so I took Orange County this round. I took Tampa Bay in the first round. Um, and so, yeah, the other, Western Con- the other Western Conference matchup, San Antonio RGV.
1: I have no clue, man. Okay. Um, I I love the way San Antonio is playing, but then I look at... RGV, and they just went to Phoenix and beat Phoenix. They beat El Paso to get in, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've won four in a row, four must-wins, mind you. If they'd have lost any of those, they would have been out the way it played out. So, uh, I mean, they, their talent's kind of shining through. Their attacking talent, specifically. Um, and I just think they're they're a feisty freaking team right now and they're not afraid of anybody. I mean, I don't, I don't see how you'd be afraid to San Antonio when you've played them four times already and you just beat Phoenix and Phoenix. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know how you can, can count them out, but I can't go a four versus a four. Can I, can I, you know, you know what now, for Harry's sake, I'm going to pick San Antonio. <laughs> for For Harry's sake, yeah, RGV's a tough out. Uh, they, they really
0: are. are, and they've been playing really well the last few weeks. San Antonio has been playing better the last you know half of the season, and so it's going to be an. Inter- this again is another interesting matchup. I think this is probably number two on my watch list this weekend. Um, you know, I, I want to see what happens here. I, my brackets in the other room. I don't remember who I had. I want to say I had Phoenix coming out of this one. Um, But uh, San Antonio versus RGV, I like San Antonio here. San Antonio playing at home against RGV. Uh, I think they do it. You know, San Antonio is pretty healthy right now. So that's what I think is going to happen out of that. And then over to the Eastern Conference, Tampa Bay Rowdies get to face a very well-rested Birmingham Legion after they advanced due to their match being abandoned due to multiple positive COVID tests within the river hounds. Uh, so Earl, what's your, or not Earl, Jacob, what's your take on this one? Tampa Bay and
1: Birmingham. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens there with Tampa Bay or with Birmingham, not having played last weekend. Um, it I look at, I look at the East and I see Birmingham, Tampa and Louisville as all fairly even. Um, and so, I, I mean, it's really kind of a coin flip there. I mean, you look at the regular season standings and, and they finished Tampa Bay was 71. Louisville was 61. Birmingham was 60. Um, so, the, so that you look at that and you go, Oh, well, Tampa Bay is clearly the better team. And I do think they are the better team. Their conference was also well. I was going to say terrible, but then I look at the the Central Division's non playoff teams, and they were also terrible. Uh, so I don't know, man. Um, to put a pick on paper, I'll say Tampa Bay because I think they they deserve a chance at another or at a championship after last last year's was taken from them.
0: Yeah, I had Tampa Bay winning this one as well. I did actually did have Birmingham coming out of the first round. I didn't expect it to be this way, but I did have Birmingham going here and losing to Tampa Bay. Uh and then the final uh semifinal matchup, Charlotte and Lou City. Uh, you know, I I have Lou City winning the whole thing. So obviously I have Louisville winning this one.
1: Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right, They, I mean, Charlotte had the same amount of wins as them during the regular season. Charlotte's been the surprise. Um, Louisville has faltered in the playoffs, or faltered last year in the playoffs at least. Uh, it is in Louisville, correct? Yes. So just because of that, I, I think I will go Louisville. I, I am... Uh, pretty sure their home record was pretty good this year yeah 12 2 and 2 at home this year so so because they're the ones at home I will give it to them yeah if this
0: was in if this was in uh, charlotte I'd probably go charlotte cuz they were 12 1 and 3 at home this year so yeah it's uh, I think home field advantage is definitely playing a bit of a a bit of a spoiler here or a bit of a not spoiler but factor uh, Bit of a factor, yeah, here in the playoffs so far. Um,
1: which has been nice to see. You, I know. You, you say that, and then you look at Phoenix and El Paso. And they, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Oakland uh, – I'm uh, sorry. Orange County won at home. San Antonio won at home. Tampa Bay won at home. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, home field in front of people, in front of fans, has definitely been
1: a, a factor this year, I think. so. And, All right. And for the record, if what we – if what I say comes true and it's Tampa Louisville, I will have Tampa winning that one. And if it's San Antonio Oakland, I'll have San Antonio winning that.
0: One. Okay. All right. Sounds good, man. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. I think that's all we had for tonight. And, uh, I, we hadn't talked about it yet, but I was going to mention to you guys tonight. I, I was thinking that we would take, uh, Thanksgiving week off, uh, you know, no show that week we'll come back the week after Thanksgiving and and recap the, the USL championship final. So
1: I am down for that as long as nothing pops off. I I think we get a coach uh, before Thanksgiving. So if that happens um anytime before Thanksgiving Day, I am down to do a podcast for that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I agree. We can do that for sure. So we will be here next week, just yeah, not the well, week
0: after. Yeah, we'll be here next week, uh, weekend, week after no show, and then we'll be back after Thanksgiving, and then we'll likely do something similar in December, take off Christmas week or something, Christ- maybe Christmas and New Year's week, unless there's uh, major
1: developments or something. But uh, anyway, yeah, I think maybe,
0: that's I think that's likely what we're gonna do.
1: Last year we started doing every other every other week. Um, yeah, so we'll, we can talk about that I and mean, when we talk about that off air, and uh, we can figure it out more. Um, more in depth later, but we we will be back next week. Uh, we'll probably be here every week, um, with the exception of of uh, Thanksgiving, until the end of the playoffs, and then we'll we'll see what the schedule brings from there. But um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else either. All right, well, uh, that's gonna. do it.
0: Thank you guys so much for joining us here in the chat. Appreciate you being here. Some new names in the chat tonight. Hope, uh, hope yeah, I again hope I said it correctly, Shania. Earlier, if I'm wrong, please correct me. We will
1: love to make sure we have that right. But uh, thank you guys for being here. And uh, Jacob, get us out of here. Yeah, uh, much like he said. Thanks for for being here, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for participating. Uh, we like having questions. It it, uh, it it feels like it can derail the show sometimes uh, if it's if it's off topic. But I'd rather answer your guys' questions than stay stay uh on a outline of what we're doing so so keep them coming for sure um, and uh you know we 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 should be back next Tuesday unless life gets in the way like it did this week um, but uh, we'll keep you guys posted on Facebook and Twitter if there are any changes and so just just hop on whenever we do go live again uh, the plan like I said next Tuesday nine o'clock uh, hopefully all three of us will be here. And uh, we can dive into some things. Maybe we'll have a head coach to talk about. Knock on wood. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, Want that to happen sooner rather than later. Um, And then, yeah, other than that, guys, be careful. uh, Be safe. uh, Be good to people. And uh, Somos Nivas.
0: You've been listening to Somos Nivas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Badoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.